All right. For those who weren't in Sunday school or didn't hear Sunday school, even though we we're supposed to do law and gospel, and even really for this hour, we need to be in the gospel of John, we, I decided, just decided on my own, to change everything up today and decided that we're going to go back and continue to do our work on baptism in the early church. And we have accomplished, for those who haven't been listening, we, all of it is online. This is like part 15. We looked at the Didache, we looked at Tertullian, and we looked at Hippolytus. We looked at all three of those early church uh, sources, and what we discovered, and it was obvious as one, there was clearly disagreement between the three. Clearly, there was a major evolution change to how baptism was practiced, perceived. Uh, we looked at all of that, and we can definitely say that it, it, there's no way to go back to those or early sources and say, well, the early church agreed, because there clearly wasn't agreement. And second, there's no way anybody in this building or probably any church building in the United States of America would want to go back to that practice because baptism would require people taking off all of their clothes. So immediately we know that we pit the church today, no matter how much they want to talk and brag about knowing church history, they pick and choose what they want, which means church history therefore can't be the authority if you can just pick and choose what you want. Now, we got no problem studying church history, and we should know it, and we should appreciate it, but we realize that if we're going to come up with a conclusion about baptism, we're going to have to look where? The scripture. So, I decided to end this entire study by going from Matthew to Revelation and looking up every single scripture that mentions baptism, baptized, all the different variations. So, if you have any kind of electronic source, to look things up, Bible app. Uh, Stephen has been focusing on the, ver- uh, the tense of baptized. If someone else wants to look up baptism, right? Or uh, whatever, yeah, the other, well, other variations. We just want to make sure we don't miss any references. But for those who were not here, I'm going to go quick. The very first reference was Matthew chapter 3, verse, verse 6. And in Matthew 3, 6, it's the, we call it the principle of first use. I'm not saying we should derive everything from it, but it was very significant. Because here's what we discovered. Everybody remember? In Matthew 3, 6, we established, number one, the mode of baptism is immersion. There is no argument here. The Greek word is baptizo. It means to submerse, it means to immerse, it means to make fully wet. I mean, that's what the Greek word means. Not only that, the text in Matthew 3, 6 says he baptized. Everybody can look at Matthew 3, 6. He baptized in the Jordan, meaning they were actually being baptized in the actual source of water, right? The water wasn't being taken out of it. it was, they were getting into it, right? Everything screams immersion. What blows my mind is 2,000 years of church history. The Greek word hasn't changed. Yet, if you take the majority of Christendom, do you do realize this? If you take the majority of what falls under the general heading of Christianity, most believe in sprinkling. We're in the minority. A billion Catholics... Sprinkle. 
Greek Orthodox, sprinkle. Presbyterian, sprinkle. Lutheran, sprinkle. Methodist, sprinkle. I mean, you just go on and on and on. Episcopalian, sprinkle. Like Church of England, sprinkle. Anglican, sprinkle. I mean, go on and on and on and on. It's like we're in the minority of the minority of them. And it's like, how can we be such the minority when the word literally means to immerse? And does it not, I don't know about you, that disturbs me greatly. That we, we, we start in Matthew 3, and the very first verse that mentions it, the ba- Greek word baptizo means immersion, and yet most don't do it. So what, you know what that, call, that, that tells me? And, and, I, and I hate to have reached this point in my Christian life. It just means that it doesn't even really matter. Like, that the interpretation of the Bible is just, it's a free-for-all. If we can't agree on that, what's our hope of figuring anything else out? If we can't figure out that, how are we supposed to figure out things like the incarnation, the deity of Christ, the Trinity? Is it salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, or is it by work? How can we figure any of these more complicated things out if we can't figure out the meaning of a Greek word, baptizo? If we can't figure that out, it's over, people. It's just, it's just throw in the towel. It's done. Let's all just go home. Because, I mean, and I literally, like, I can't even express to you how frustrated it makes me. Because you, we think, everybody be like, well, clearly it's immersion. In the Jordan? That's a good clue. Right? Jesus is baptized in that Matthew 3. He comes up out of the water. I mean, like, everything screams it. So we established, what's the mode of baptism? Immersion. Second, what else does this early baptism of John indicate? That the candidates for baptism are people who, number one, can confess their sins. How do we see that? Look at Matthew 3, 6. They were confessing their sins. So clearly that's people who have the ability to confess their sins. Then when Jesus is baptized, we know he's not eight days old. We know he's not 10 years old. We know he's not 12 years old. We know he's not 15. We know he's probably around 30. Now, you say, well, that doesn't prove anything. It may not prove anything, but I tell you this, it leads to the evidence that clearly if you're going to establish infant baptism, you think then the the one (laughs) Jesus himself could start the practice, right? He could have had someone show up. The forerunner, the one to prepare the way of the Messiah, could have said, hey, we're going to sprinkle a baby. Nobody has ever seen this before, but we're going to... No, it doesn't happen. doesn't happen. Obviously, John doesn't appear to be baptizing babies. Because I haven't seen a lot of babies confessing their sins. All right, so we've established that. So we looked at Matthew 3. Another thing we established, this is important, so everyone to make sure everybody, mode of baptism is immersion. The candidate is someone who can confess their sins. And number three, baptizo. Baptism does not always refer to Water baptism. And how do we know that? Matthew 3, what verse? Everybody make sure we know. Matthew 3.13. Is it Matthew 3.13? Can't be Matthew 3.13. Matthew 3.11, right? I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall... Baptize you with the Holy Ghost. 
right? Immediately we know that baptism does not always refer to water baptism. This is significant. Why? Because unlike Romans 6, where a lot of people teach that baptism is the thing that produces our salvation, we know that just because it uses the word baptism doesn't always mean water baptism. Baptism can refer to our immersion, us being submerged into Christ, our unity with Christ. So that's significant. Okay? So just because we see the word baptism, we have to, is, is there any water in the passage? Okay? All right. Now, we realize that the baptism is not mentioned again in chapter 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Baptist is used, it's referring to John the Baptist, but baptism is not mentioned again to chapter 20. All right? Chapter 20, where's the first verse in chapter 20? I know that's a quick review, but where's the first verse that's used in chapter 20? Okay, Matthew chapter 20, verse 22. Does everyone agree that's the first, next time it's used? We're in complete universal agreement. Oh, wow. Okay, we better stop. Hey, let's have a moment of silence. Everyone in this church just agreed on something. Okay, a moment of silence. Because it's only going to last probably for a second. Okay, all right, here we go. I'm joking, everyone. Okay, here we go. Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. Oh, we could preach a sermon right there, could we not? All right. I wonder how many times we worship him so that we can get something. But that's, that's okay, right. And she said unto him, what will thou, what, and he said unto her, I don't know why I completely just misread that, right? What will thou? And she saith unto him, grant that these my two sons may sit the one on thy right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, you know not what you ask. Are you able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? Now, first, what are the Greek words? Baptism in both cases? Okay, so do we have two different Greek words here? Okay, we have baptiza, baptizo, and we have baptisma, right? Both of them means immersion and submer- to be submerged, right? So there's no question here, right, what the words mean. However, what do we immediately, what do we notice? This is not about water. How do we know it's not water? He's already been baptized. All right, so obviously he's not referring to his water baptism. He was baptized in chapter 3, and he's referring to something that's going to happen. Clearly, it's not water baptism. Is Jesus going to be baptized again? No. So what is he referencing? He He talks about drinking the cup, right? The drinking the cup, what do we understand the drinking the cup to reference? The wrath of God, yes, we've preached it multiple times, right? The cup is full of his wrath. So he's going to be baptized, he's going to be submerged, he's going to be immersed into what? The wrath of God is going to be poured out upon him because he's going to suffer. And, and, and what, what, is, what does he say about it? What does he say to her about it? Yeah, well, he, yeah, he goes on to say, 
just so that we can read it. Ye know not what you ask. Are you able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of and be baptized? In other words, are you able to be immersed into the wrath of God? They say unto him, we are able, <laughs> okay? And he saith unto them, you shall drink indeed of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to thee for whom it's prepared of my father. Now, it's very interesting. He, do, he says that they're going to do this. Now, this raises all kinds of questions, right? It raises all kinds of questions of exactly what does he mean here, Right? Now, so we could argue that maybe we shouldn't say the cup in baptism here refers to the wrath of God. It simply refers to him dying. And they're going to suffer. And he's saying they're going to suffer. So maybe here we should not go so far. Right? Agreed? Possibly? Now, I know that I do believe the cup and I do believe the baptism does deal with him being immersed. Clearly, they're not going to be able to do the same way. So he, he obviously is using it here much more in a general way. He's going to suffer and he's going to die. Now, his suffering and death involves the wrath of God. Theirs won't, but they're still going to partake of it in a similar way because they too are going to suffer and die. But, so, but in, in both cases, and when he says you're going to be baptized with the baptism, it's the same Greek words, right? It's going to be baptisma and baptizo. Yeah. Right, baptisma, right? Okay, so same Greek words. But so once again, what do we have established here? It's not water related. I cannot stress that enough. It's not water related. It's not water. Now, this is interesting, right? So far... I don't know who's writing this down and keeping count. How many so far in Matthew have referenced water and how many have not referenced water? Verse 6 references water. Now, obviously, uh, later on, in, uh, is that the only one in Matthew 3 that references water? Because Jesus is baptized. So there's got to be at least two references to water in Matthew 3. Maybe three. Is there three? Is there five referencing water in Matthew 3? No, you, yeah, let's, let's look at it. Is there five references to water in Matthew 3, 5? In Matthew 3. Everybody look. Well, just look at the text in Matthew 3. Don't worry about the Greek word. How many times is the, in, uh, in Matthew 3 is it referencing water baptism? All right, someone says six. Verse six. There's one. Uh, okay, Matthew 3.11 says water, okay. Then it, sa- then it gives Jesus being baptized, right? And then Jesus is being baptized, so, right? So that would be three references, right? Is that it? And then one of them is not a reference to water baptism. Agreed? We'll just, we'll go through it together because there seems to be, go back to Matthew 3. I want to establish this. This is a very important principle. I know you're thinking, man, just move on. I can't move on. We've got to get this principle down, all right? All right, so Matthew 3, 6. So let's count. If someone keep count, right? 
Matthew 3, 6. And we're baptized of him in Jordan. Clearly, that's water. So there's one water reference. Someone keep a track of water references and non-water references. Everybody ready? All right, it's a water reference. Everybody good? Verse 7. But when uh, he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, clearly that's water, right? There's two. Do we have two? Two for water. So far, so good. All right, he talks to them. Verse 11, I indeed baptize you with water. There's three, right? Uh, but he that cometh after me is mightier than thou whose shoes I'm not worthy to be. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. There's one not water. We got three water, one not water. Everybody got that? Verse 13, then cometh Jesus from Galilee and Jordan to be baptized. That's water. How many water now? Four, four water, one not water, all right? John forbade him, saying, I need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me. I'm assuming Jesus, uh, John is probably referencing water there, right? So that would be five, all right? Jesus answered and said unto him, Suffer now for repentance. And then when he was baptized, that would be six. Six water, one not water. Is that good? I got, I got to keep count. It's numbers. I, and I'm not writing it down. I'm trying to do it from memory, all right? Now we go to John or Matthew 20, verse 22. All right? And to be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with. All three are not water. That's three. Right? That's, uh, that's six to four, all right? So far, so good. Next verse. You will be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with. That's three more. None of those are are water baptism. That's six to seven. So at this point, non-water is used more than water. Do you not understand how significant that is? That is massively significant because now that's giving me an indicator that up to this point, the non-water is going beyond. So that means that, and we're going to see how far this plays itself out. All right, where's the next reference to baptism? And Matthew. 21 what? Well, okay, well, I'm getting all kinds of different references. 2125 is the next one. All right. 2125. All right. All right. Then it reads, uh, the baptism of John, which was it from heaven or of man? That's clearly referring water baptism. So now it's 7-7, right? 7-7. All right. Where's the next one? Any more, Matthew? Okay, but Matthew 28, 19? All right, yeah, I'm assuming it's got to be Matthew 28, 19, right? I hope so, all right? Matthew 28, 19, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them. All right, stop right here. This would be water baptism. So now we have how many water? Eight? Eight to seven. Now, let's stop right here. What do we learn about baptism in this verse? Remember, we've established mode, We've established candidates. We've clearly established baptism is not always a reference to water. What do we learn here? Some people saw it as three modes, 
Okay. Well, well, okay, but let, let, before we do that, before we do that, I think Bobby is going, I think Bobby's going the direction uh, he knows where I'm going. Go ye therefore and teach. What precedes baptism? Teaching precedes baptism. All right, so let's do it this way. We have the mode, immersion. The candidate, obviously not infants. Third, it doesn't always refer to water, right? Next, we have the order. The order of baptism, which is teach. Okay, teach, then baptize. 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 Everybody see that? All right? It, it says teach. Okay. So, okay. All right. So, uh, Bobby may not see the order. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the order. Because I think the order is, I mean, we saw that in John the Baptist, right? What was he doing? He preached first, then he baptized, right? What are we going to see in Acts? They teach first, then they're baptized. In fact, what, what, you have to confess your sins. Why, why are you confessing your sins? Because you've been taught that you are a sinner. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the teaching is here. I believe this does give an order, but if some don't, that's okay. I'm going to say we have an order. Teach first, then baptize. That's what I'm, I'm going to stick with. The order. We'll see if that holds out. If, if we get further on and, we, and I realize that I'm wrong, we will correct it. But I'm going to go with teach first, then baptize, because that destroys which concept? That order destroys which concept? Infant baptism, infant baptism. I'm trying to destroy that concept. It's what I'm trying to do. Okay. It destroys that concept completely. I think everything else destroys that concept, right? The mode destroys it, unless you're going to be dunking babies. The candidate clearly, well, how do, the candidate clearly is not babies, right? And this would indicate it's not babies as well. Third, baptism doesn't always refer to water. And then next, I believe the order. I believe the order, okay? And I believe teaching comes first. Next, what else does this teach us about baptism? Not only does it teach the order, it teaches the formula. What's the formula? I, te- I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's a Trinitarian formula. Now, I know Acts is going to seem to contradict this, which raises all kinds of problems, but... At least for here, put it this way. The formula here shows up before whatever starts going weird in Acts. Something weird starts going down in Acts. But here, the formula is clearly, and it's established by whom? Jesus himself. So I'm going to go with the Jesus formula, no matter what happens in Acts. I know when it's Pentecostals go with the Acts formula, but because they want to deny the Trinity. But. Jesus himself gives the, the Trinitarian formula. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's like it's weird the way Christians will handle things. I think Jesus knows, right? That's, that's what I'm going to go with, okay? I think we can understand why Acts starts baptizing in the name of Jesus, but that's a whole different point. All right, so that, that, wipes, that finishes Matthew, yes? So, it, Matthew written somewhere between 50 and 65 A.D. So in 50 to 65 A.D., when Matthew is written, here's what we can do. I want to make sure everyone has this on paper. 
The mode is immersion. The candidates are people who can confess their sins, people who clearly adults or at least have the ability to confess their sins. Third, baptism does not always refer to water. And next, the order seems teach first and formula Trinitarian. That is between 50 and 65 AD. And the Didache follows it somewhat similar. Which I think is, I think it was influenced by Matthew personally, but that I don't know if I can prove that historically, but read the Didache and you're thinking, uh, someone knows the Sermon on the Mount. Okay, that's, that's what I'm going to say, all right? May not be from Matthew, but clearly there's a correlation, all right? That brings us to Mark. Okay, what's the date for Mark? If you need to look it up, grab dictionaries, whatever you need, look it up. If you don't remember from Wednesday, if you didn't write it down for Wednesday. When was Mark written? Okay, I think we have 60s. Okay, do we have a complete agreement? Bobby says the 60s. Mine says, I'm just going to go with this, the first book I pick up. I have 50 to 60. I have 50 to 60. What do you have? 50, oh, you're using the same book, okay. 68. Okay, they put, they put a little later, okay. So we'll go between 50 to 68, between 50 to 68, we'll be, we'll be nice. Between 50 to 68, all right? So we're still around the time of the Didache, right? Same time. Now, where was the first place baptism is used? In Mark. Chapter 1, verse 4. Now, someone keeping a track of how many water versus non-water? Somebody keeping good track. Yeah, I, gotta, like, I need like 13 people all do, doing different jobs here to make this work, okay? All right, everybody ready? Here we go. All right, so Mary, you're the counter. Mary, that's your job. You're the counter. All right. Okay, all right. It's eight to seven. Eight water, seven, not water, all right? So Mary is keeping track of that. And then you two are helping me make sure we don't miss any verses. Okay, good, all right. All right, here we go. We good to go? Everybody got their proper job? You're like, I come to church to listen to you. No, you come here to study, Right? Yeah, you know how I feel about how typical sermons work. All right, here we go. Because typically, how would a pastor preach this? He would just be giving you this. He would just be giving you the information, right? He would just give you a summary. He'd give you the cliff notes. But I hate that trash, right? And I hate to offend people, but I just think it's trash because you're just relying on someone. Here, when you're done, what can you say from this point forward? You saw it for yourself. You saw it for yourself, all right? That, to me, because we're, we're here to study. We're, the, the goal here is the text. That's the goal, all right? So, Mark 1, 4. John did baptize in the wilderness and preach the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Clearly, that's water. So, Mary, you can put down another water reference, all right? They're both there. Oh, that'd be two. That'd be two uh, water references. I'm sorry. Thank you for catching that, too. And what's the two words? Baptisma, right? But both of them mean the immersion, submerge, wet, fully wet, overwhelmed. All right, so we, we, don't, we don't learn anything new here because it's repetitive, but that's okay, all right? Uh, any, where was the next time it mentions? Verse 5, he went out, and there went out unto him all the land of Judea and end of Jerusalem, and were all baptized of him 
in the river of Jordan confessing their sins. This just reconfirms what? What's the mode? Immersion. Okay. Who are the candidates? Clearly people can confess their sins. Right? It's just, it's repeating. We're just getting the same concept reinforced. Now, why is this good? Oh, also we have the preaching. Yeah, the preaching. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, he, uh, uh, he, about, he did preach the baptism of repentance, right? So he's preaching it. So we got the preaching, all right? So we have all of that. All of this is just reconfirming, right? Reconfirming, all right? Uh, verse 8 or verse 7, he preached saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down to and loose. I have indeed baptized you with water. There's another water baptism reference. That's how many now? That's 11, I think. Or 12, right? 12. 12 water, and then, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. That's non-water. That's eight, all right? All right? 12 to eight, all right? But once again, this is just reconfirming everything. Why is this good? Because it just, re- realize what we've established in Matthew is being repeated in Mark. And if it's being repeated, that reinforces the concepts. Reinforces the concepts, all right? Uh, then, uh, verse 9, and it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth to Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. All right, this is water baptism again. That makes 13, I believe. Now, I, I'm gonna, I, at some point, I'll mess up the numbers because I, I cannot remember numbers for anything, okay? It's just weird. I can remember anything in the world, but give me a number and I can't remember it. All right, but once again, and it proves the mode of baptism because he's baptized. Not only what's the Greek word? Baptizo, but not only that, he's baptized where? In the Jordan. In the Jordan. And he comes up out of the, I mean, everything reinforces the concept, right? And straightway coming up out of the water, and then we have all of that plays out, okay? But a couple of things to note, um, just so that we know this, that the fasting occurs after the baptism, not prior to the baptism, so we're going to go ahead and write down another point here. All right, so let's go through this, all right? We have the mode, right? We have the mode. The mode is immersion. We have the candidate, someone who can confess their sins. Right? Third, we have baptism doesn't always refer to water. Next, we have the order. What's the order? Teach and then, and then baptize. Next, we have the formula, the baptism of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Next, we have the... How, how can we say this? Uh, we'll just say fasting. Fasting comes after, not before. Fasting comes after, not before. Oh, it's descriptive, but I, the, but I don't know where they made it prescriptive that you have to fast before, because at this point, we have no one fasting before, and the first example of fasting happens after. Is it Matthew 3 that says Jesus fasted for 40 days? Mark doesn't mention it. Go back to Matthew. Let's establish the verse. Let's make sure we can prove it. Oh, okay. It doesn't say he fasted, does it? Is it in Matthew 3? Is it in Matthew 3? Let's see if we can prove it. Make sure. Let's make sure we can prove it. Matthew 3, 4? 
Matthew 4.2. Everybody look at Matthew 4.2 so we can establish this. And when he had fasted 40 days, the fasting comes after baptism. The fasting comes after baptism. The first time we have fasting connected to baptism is Jesus, and he does it after, not before. I cannot stress that enough. Why in the world did the early church move it to before? Isn't that not crazy? I I just want you to show how quickly within Christianity, what's in Scripture They move away from it almost instantaneously. They just add. They just flip it around. They just start. And and, and I understand why they want to do this, right? Because what do you think the concept is? Well, we got to make sure these people really want to be baptized. We got to make sure these people are really committed. Because you're afraid that, but that's not the way the scriptures deal with it. Maybe control, whatever the case may be. They add. And This is the problem for 2,000 years. We take what's here, and we're like, we're going to build our own system. We're going to build our own system. And churches do it constantly. Hey, you have to do this. You have to do this. Wait, if you commit this sin, all these rules, and where does it come? Where does it all come from? They all think they have a verse to prove it, but in this case, there's nothing here that would put fasting before. Nothing. Nothing. In fact, it, you would immediately say, Jesus fasted after, and not only that, if you're going to put fasting, you would fast for how long? 40 days and 40 nights. Okay, you can see why they reduced it to a day, to 24 hours, right? You can see why. Okay, okay but that's just ridiculous. If you're going to borrow from it, borrow from it. Don't modify it. It's just so ridiculous. All right, does that take care of uh, baptism in Mark 1? And Mark 1 is good. All right, where's the next reference? Okay, well, let's see. Anybody, where's the next reference in Mark for any version of baptism? Baptize, baptism? Okay, so I think uh, Stephen has the first one. Chapter 6? 6.14. What do we have in 6.14? Mark 6. Okay, so we have nothing in, uh, we can skip uh, Mark 6.14. It doesn't help us at all. All right. Okay, so 11 is where everyone else seems to want us to go. Oh, okay, 7.4. No, we're looking for anything that references baptism. Okay, yes. Okay, baptism is used here. Uh, the Greek word, just so that you know. And when they came from the market, except they wash, they eat not, and many of, uh, other things uh, have received a hold as the washing of cups and pots, sprays and vessels and of tables. That's the idea that these things are washed. They are cleaned. They are, right, so just okay, get the, now some will try to argue, see this, you don't, you don't submerge a table, so therefore it, it, this means sprinkling. Look, the word means make fully wet. You can make a table fully wet. All right. We're not going to use it uh, because it doesn't actually mention baptism, but I just, I, when I was a Lutheran, we would use this to prove infant baptism or to prove sprinkling because you don't submerge a table, but that doesn't prove anything because you can make a table fully wet, and that's the thing. Yeah, you can, so, I mean, come on. 
Yeah, you don't sprinkle a pot and go, it's clean. I hope not. I, if you do, I'm not coming to your house to eat. Okay, right? right. <laughs> Speaking of that, when, my, when I was little, my mom, we had, they had friends over to eat. And my, my, the, like someone got done with the plate. And so then my mom put the plate down and called our German shepherd over and it licked the plate clean. And then she put it up in the cabinet. <laughs> and then people were like, Oh, yeah, she was, <laughs> and they were like, this is disgusting. <laughs> She's like, it's clean, it's clean, <laughs> okay. Right. Clearly, you don't sprinkle, you don't sprinkle a pot. You don't sprinkle the, ta- you clean the table, right? Okay, so it's just, it's a ridiculous, but I've heard Presbyterians and Lutherans say, see, baptizo doesn't always mean immersion. It means to make fully wet. And if you want to use a pot that hasn't been fully wet, well, then go ahead and sprinkle it. Okay, but I'm not coming to your house. Okay, that's all I know. All right. Hey, well, every day we just sprinkle three drops of water on our table. Okay, I hope you clean it a little better than that. Right. I mean, in fact, the dog licking it would probably do better than that. Okay. It's just so, isn't it weird how far we'll go to try to prove a doctrinal point? Like, we'll just go to absurdity to try to prove a point. And it's like, why can't we just acknowledge the word baptizo means to make fully wet? It's not that hard. All right. So where's the next verse? Mark 10. Mark 10, 38. Does everyone agree here? Mark 10, 38. But Jesus said unto them, You know not what you ask. Can you drink of the cup that I drink of and be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? That's one, two, three. Three for the non-water baptism. Because that's clearly not water baptism. Right? There's three. How many, how many non-water now? Eleven. How many water? Thirteen. We see how close it is? It's almost at 50-50. I, I cannot stress to you the significance of that hermeneutically. Right? Right? Next. Next verse. So how many times here? Three, three times for the non-water. That's three more. So that makes it how many? 13, 13. Wow. It's literally 50, 50. Okay. Right? Or do, did we add a different number? Oh, 14. 14 not water. So we're actually winning now. The non-water is winning. Now, I know some people say, well, it's just repeating it. Even if it's repeating it, the repetition adds confirmation. All right? Is that all of them there? All right, where's the next one? 11.30? Okay, 11.30. Okay, 11.30. The baptism of John, all right, that's a water baptism. So that makes it now 13, 13? 14, 14. See, I told you it was a number. I told you I was going to miss it. All right, so far so good. All right, next. And Mark. Oh, boy. This is where our problems begin. All right, Mark 16, 16. All right. First of all, let's understand. How many of your Bibles tell you that it doesn't belong in most manuscripts? All right. We already have issues with this even being here. But this is the go-to verse for almost everyone, okay? 
Right, anyone who believes in baptismal regeneration, they go to this one. Have you ever been to the Church of Christ? They may even have this up on their wall. Right? This one is a go-to. But let's take it apart. So we're ready to spend some time on this. This may be as far as we get today. Here we go. Verse, start in verse 15. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized. Let's stop right here. All right, first of all, this seems to go, this seems to confirm what? The order, which is teach first. Okay, this also seems to add to the candidate. He's got to believe. Right, so there's teaching and now the order adds this, or the candidate is someone who, who can believe, someone who can believe, someone who can confess their sins. All right? Okay, and is baptized. This would be water, so add this to our water count. Shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Now what some people do is say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. So see, if you're not baptized, you won't be saved. Right, that's how they interpret it. We would interpret it you believe and you're baptized, and what, what determines your salvation? You're believing. It doesn't say, he that believeth and is not baptized shall be damned. It, who, is not, who is damned? The one who doesn't believe. I don't even know why this is convoluted or complicated. It doesn't seem to be at all. But for some weird reason, this verse has turned into some major controversy throughout church history. I don't know why. If you believe, you're to be baptized. If you don't believe, you're damned. And if you're damned, then why would you even bother to get baptized? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I, doubt, I doubt you're going to. Well, unless you get baptized as a baby, okay? Right? But so, so this just, so, what, so let's go back through our, so let's go back through our things again. I hope someone's got this all written down because I'm doing it all for memory, okay? I do it all. All right, here we go. We've got the mode of baptism. Immersion. We've got a number of reasons for believing that, right? Greek word and every example of baptism up to this point clearly is immersion. There is no way to get around that. They make fully wet. That's the, what the word means. They're baptized. Jesus was baptized into the Jordan when he came up out of the water, everything points to immersion. I mean, like, you've got to be, like, and yeah, you think you would. And, and you know what bothers me so much is, is every time I talk to a Presbyterian, they're so arrogant and condescending, acting like you, you stupid Baptist, you're ignorant, you don't know church history, you've never read Calvin, you don't know, and it's like, I, I lose it with them. First of all, I've read Calvin a bazillion times. Second, in fact, I won't even ordain someone unless they read Calvin's Institutes the first couple of chapters. Second, oh, I, I, yeah, we never studied church history. It's someone who was in this church, who left this church to go to a Presbyterian church, and then argued with me about baptism and said, I didn't know enough. Oh, you're right. We've never studied church history. We've studied church history in this church. In fact, what did we do in this series? Oh, yeah, we studied church history. And I guarantee if I went back and said, Hippolytus, Tertullian, they probably wouldn't even know who I'm referring to. 
But I just can't stand that arrogance the Presbyterians have that we're just stupid Baptists. We're somehow ignorant. No, how about we just disagree that you can't read your Bible? How about that? Okay, like, you want to get arrogant and condescending? I can be a jerk, too. Right? Because the issue isn't, well, oh, I found infant baptism in church history. My issue is, I don't find it in Matthew or Mark. Which precedes the church history you're referencing. Because <laughs> it was written between 50 and 65 AD. Oh, and it was inspired by God. Well, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, but I, I just the Presbyterians are so arrogant like that. I just don't like that to be, I don't like to be treated like I'm stupid. Now, maybe that's my pride, but it makes me mad. Now, you can say you're wrong. You can tell me you disagree with me, but don't treat me like I'm stupid or I haven't spent my life studying church history. Okay, that just bothers me. But right here, the mode is clear. So we got the mode. What else do we have? The candidates. The candidates seem to be people who can confess their sins, who believe clearly adults. In fact, we don't even have children even indicated at this point. Yes? No, not at this point. We don't even have children. And then people will go to the scripture says where Jesus says, let the children come unto me. He doesn't say let them come to the baptismal font. Okay. No, that's fine. This is why we do it. Right. Oh, yeah. Preach to everyone. Okay. Yeah, you could add a children. But they would still have to believe. Yeah. And they would have to be able to confess their sins, right? So even if you say, well, you're to preach to everyone, okay, that's a good point. That's a very good point. But still, it would require confession and belief. Confession and belief. That would be the proper candidate. All right, third, so we got the mode, we got the candidate. Third, baptism does not always refer to water baptism. In fact, how many times? 14 times so far. Or 15 times. 15 times. Yeah, okay. In fact, right now we've got more we got more water just by one, but it's almost at 50-50. Right. All right, next, what did we have after uh the uh that? We had the uh formula, which is order order. What's the order? Teach. In fact, we can uh, we could argue the order is that we can add a little bit to the order. Teach, believe. Confess. You could pretty, pretty put, put, put all of that down, right? Teach, believe, confess. I know that kind of goes with the candidates, but it's the same order, right? You teach, believe, and confess. Right? Teach, believe, confess. There's the order. Next, we have the formula. Remember the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. What else do we have? Fasting. After, not before. I think that's everything, right? I think that's everything, right? That finishes Mark. Any questions there? And I don't even think that, that verse is even, con- I don't even think it's even remotely complicated. All right, Luke. All right, what's the date for Luke? Oh, man, we're going to have to stop. All right, well, we'll let's just get the date for Luke. What do we have? 60 to 62. What else do we have? Different dates? Oh man, that would be that would lead to so many problems. I got sixty. What do you got, Twyla? Do you have a date? You got seventy to. Oh uh, no, that's not the. Uh, it's sixty to sixty-one. 
Yeah, page 266. All right, so we're going to go 60. We'll, we'll even play the game. We'll go 60 to 90 A.D. There's no way this is after 70 A.D. It would cause me all kinds of problems if it is. But all right, 60 to 90 A.D. We'll just play the game for now because they, it, just read, it would lead to problems with Jesus talking about the destruction of the temple if it's written after. But okay, all right, 60 to 90 A.D. All right, now, now we're maybe a little, possibly a, a little beyond the Didache, possibly, possibly, all right? Now, the first reference to baptism, let's just at least find it. Does everyone agree it's chapter 3? Yeah. All right. Now, a lot of this is just going to be confirming what we got, but we can continue our count. All right, Luke 3, 3, and it came, uh, and he came, speaking of uh, John the Baptist, uh, uh, into a... Uh, and he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. That's another one for water. It kind of confirms, again, the preaching comes with it, right? Then verse 7. Then said he to the multitude of, uh, that came forth to be baptized. There's water. That's another water. Oh, generations of vipers who have warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Please note, this kind of confirms the order again, right? And the candidates. He doesn't just baptize anybody, right? He's having discussion with them, right? He talks about repentance. Yes. Where's the next use of the word baptism? Verse 12. Then came also publicans to be baptized and said unto him, Master, what shall we do? That's another water. 16 is the next one, right? John answers, saying unto them, All, I indeed baptize you with water. There's another water reference. But one mighty in there I cometh that latches of shoes I'm not worthy. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. There's the non-water baptism. All right. That finishes that. Then verse 21. When it came to pass, there were... Uh, now, when it, all the people were baptized, there's another water. It came to pass that Jesus also being baptized, there we go, another water. And that takes care of that. Then we have the genealogy. Okay, and uh, hang on, I'm looking at something. Look at uh, Luke 4.2. But 40 days tempted of the devil, and those days he did eat nothing. We have the fasting coming after the baptism, right? It doesn't mention baptism, but it just puts the, goes back to the fasting thing, comes after. All right, and then the next one. Does everyone agree that it's chapter 7? Everyone agree it's chapter 7? All right, we'll stop. Everyone mark seven. All right, so quick for review. Everybody, the quicker we can do this, we can stop. Everybody ready? Here we go. First, how many water? 21. How many non-water? 15, all right? So the water's counting to move forward, but I, I guarantee you it was, it's going to even itself out. Uh, by the time we're done with the Gospels, it's going to probably be relatively even, which means moving forward, that means we would have every hermeneutical right to do what? 
Anytime baptism is referenced, we have a hermeneutical justification to go, wait a minute, how do you know for sure that's water? For example, if we read a verse that happens to say, the baptism which now saves you, we now can raise the hermeneutical question, water baptism? Okay, well, right, I think, we, I think we can raise some serious questions, right? And it would be perfectly legitimate. It doesn't mean we're stupid Baptists. It means that maybe we're actually taking it serious, right? Okay, all right, now, let's go through everything. Here we go. I Hopefully someone has these all written down. I hope you do. All right, here we go. We need to make a chart on this, all right? If anyone's listening online, I need a chart, a PDF file. No, I really want to make a PDF file of this, right? I want us to, on the PDF file, I want us to have how many times water is referenced and how many non-water. And I want this entire structure with scripture, all right? First of all, mode of baptism. Immersion. Based off what things? Number one, the Greek word means immerse, submerge. And you could write down on the PDF file everything there, okay? And then all the references up to this point, clearly it's immersion. In the Jordan, coming up. Out of the water. Oh, and a good thing, they left their clothes on. We don't have any nude baptisms going on here at this point. Uh, we have no indication of that. I don't know why Hippolytus was having people take off their clothes. Okay, but all right, we, we're good to go here, right? So we got the mode. Next, we got the candidates. The candidates are people who do what? Believe and confess. All right, believe and confess. All right, third, we clearly have baptism doesn't always reference water. Right? And we got those references. Next, the order. What's the order? Teach, believe, confess. Teach, believe, confess. That's the order. Teach, believe, confess, baptize. Teach, believe, confess, baptize. Seems to be the order. Next, formula. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, we haven't had anything yet to even change that formula. Next, fasting comes after, next. That's all we have? Was there wasn't one other thing? Okay, good. All right, there we go. Any questions? Tonight, we'll start at six, and we're just going to move. We're going to move as fast as we can through it. We're going to go through Luke, and then we're going to go through Acts. By the time we get done with Luke and Acts, we're going to have a pretty good indication. Don't you agree? All right, we'll stop. Let's pray. Lord, Lord God, we come before you this afternoon. Lord, it is sad that for 2,000 years, no one can agree on baptism. But if your word is the authority, then I pray that we, no matter how ignorant we may be, will do everything we can to know exactly what your word says about it, and what it doesn't say about it, and that we follow that, no matter how much it makes us disagree with others. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And God's people said...